Business Matters in association with Letterkenny IT's Faculty of Business. Applications are now open for the highly regarded Masters in Leadership and Innovation in the Public Sector. Also a Masters in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection in Financial Services. And a Certificate in Online Dispute Management. Visit lyit.ie for more information. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to Business Matters. My guests this week are Dennis Ferry, owner of Ferry's Garage, and Leslie O'Donnell, owner of O'Donnell's Crash Repairs, whose units are located at Lisnenan and Letterkenny. Both left school at the age of 14 and became close friends when Dennis set up his garage at Pine Hill and Dusted Estate, across from Leslie's unit in 2001. Earlier this week, I caught up with a pair who have become known as Donegal's Ice Road Trekkers because of their high-profile road trips to different parts of the world. I'm delighted to be joined on Business Matters by Dennis Ferry from Ferry's Garage and Leslie O'Donnell from O'Donnell Crash Repairs, both located in Lisnenan and Lurikini. Lads, uh, a first for Business Matters. It's not the first time I've had two guests on the one show from the one business, but it is the first time I've had two guests from two different businesses on the one show. So you're both very welcome to Business Matters. Thank you, Kieran. Thank you for inviting us. Thanks, Kieran. Lads, you have a long and uh, very lasting friendship, and as was the first thing I'm curious about is, can you tell me when that friendship uh, first began? Leslie? Um, I suppose it first began in the late 90s, early noughties. Um, I was already up in Pinehill, Dusted Estate, with my business. I was there since the mid-90s, and then Dennis followed about three or four years later. I do the crash repairs, obviously, and Dennis does mechanigan. And before that, I didn't know Dennis at all. Um, he had Dennis had been away and had come back, and he was on the button rally and stuff, and so was I. You know, uh, but I suppose the friendship kind of started whenever Dennis moved up to the Pinehill Industrial Estate. Um, as I say, I think it was maybe two thousand and one. Was it? Ja- January two thousand and one. I approached George Bowl. I was working um, for the Mulroy Group, and let again Andrew and Ernest Stewart, two great fellas, and very big in the motor trade. And um, I just thought I'd kind of branch out and moan. And um, I'd known Colin Freed up there, Pierce Road Cars, another friend of both of ours. And um, he was in as a unit up in George Bowles. And I approached George. And sure, once you approach George, you're hooked. <laughs> There's no getting away. What age, what age were you then, Dennis? Um, must have been about six. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, what am I now? Uh, 27. Right, uh, and 47 now, you were in the cars obviously from a very young age what was the attraction for, for, for cars as a young fella oh, just uh, very hard to explain it's a bit like asking you what you like about running you just you just like it and uh, it doesn't leave you um, I, I tried and when I was 14 I remember going around the town coming from Chrysler where kinda, we come up to the big smoke looking for a job and you can round all the dealerships and Ferns one man uh, it was um, Terence Diver's daddy, Teague Diver, um, said, come back whenever you're qualified, so I'll give you a job. And uh, just getting an apprenticeship then was very hard. So um, I went to Glasgow to Mant, and I got an apprenticeship there and spent four years. Um, left there and then went to America for seven or eight years, and then I come home then. What did you do in America? A garage. That's all I've ever done. I've, um, no, in fact, no, when I got to America first... Um, there's a, a local man he's big in the GA here Seamus Sweeney um, I stayed with Seamus and uh, he gave me a job painting and decorating and then um, a man who's a cabin man who's married to a lady from Fulcara had a garage 
And um, I done a bit of painting first for two months, and she didn't work out great. Now <laughs> there was more cleaning than painting. You were having to get back in the carriage, were you? Aye, uh, and I started in the garage with him, and I was there for a good few years. And I came home in '98 to be uh, uh, best man for the brother's wedding, and just I never went back. And I started out then with um, Wally Woods. Wally used to work in Not Fast Fit there. A lot of people would know Wally, great fella. And um, Wally then kind of changed direction a bit and he went to England. So um, I went to work for Andrew Stewart. And after a few years, as he couldn't, I couldn't praise the Stewarts enough from Kerry Cadle. I still do work and work with Ernest and Andrew. And then uh, I just thought I'd branch out. And Les was very helpful to begin with because Les was giving me work. Um, I remember the first morning I started, it was, I think it was at half eight, nine o'clock. And I sat to 10 o'clock and I'd give back the, the new Pajero and the, the company um, diesel card from Mulroy's. And I was sitting in a 93 Hitlitis thinking, Jesus, what did I do here? But no, like, two days and to Colin Friedel, they really, it gave me a massive hand, ha- helping hand. And that'll never be forgotten. So I'd say that's where the friendship started. Just how good natured Les is. And anybody that knows him knows that he definitely helps a lot more people than he does, not he? Leslie, Ken words here from from your from your good friend. Could you take me back, Leslie, to your your own interest uh, coming from the old town, a good part of the town? Oh. <laughs> um, how did you first uh, get involved in, in the line of business that you pursued a career in? Oh, Kieran, probably as you well know from being that end of the town yourself, never was really good and good at football and stuff like that. But <laughs> I always had an interest in bicycles, and then when it went from. Bicycles to motorbikes, um, kind of after that, old Honda 50s and stuff like that. Never, not, never had any cars at a young age, but, um, ironically, I left school at 14 and started to work at the car wash down at Larkins, you know, Larkins Car Wash. Uh, myself and Noel O'Donnell, a friend of mine, in the summer, and I just, I never went back to school after that, and then I got a wee job then doing a bit of, uh, what's the guy doing a wee bit of mechanic and, and body work. And it kind of went from there. I never looked back. I started to work for myself then in the early 90s. I think it was 22 or 23 years of age. Big step at that time. It was massive step. I, I, massive step. I, yeah. And then we, we moved up to uh, Pine Hill Industrial Estate in the mid-90s. Now, it was, and it was a great uh, setup because we had a good garage. And then... Well, that and George was very helpful. Like I remember, it was actually my cousin um, Oliver Duffy. I don't you know Oliver from down Rosemount. Oliver took me up to meet George uh, and mine as well. It was a winter's day, and there might have even been snow on the ground. And and the back wasn't developed at all at that time. There were nothing around the back. Uh, the tool hire wasn't there. None of them units. I was the first unit built there. And I mind George stepping it out on the ground. You know what size do you need, we son? And I says, look, George, maybe. 30 foot by 60 foot somewhere and we stepped it out and he says right I'll have that ready in three months or four months and sure it is word he had it ready and then just expanded from then we took another unit and another unit as we got bigger and you know more employees and stuff and, um, and we had great times on the mountaintop now we spent like I spent 20 21 years up there apart from the weather and the winter time great neighbours uh, George and Gavin and Ricky great couldn't have better landlords like and would do anything to help you but we had great time and we still have a hold up there Dennis still has a unit up there we do the garage project from there so we haven't really left it uh, we're still we still have a wee hold up there Yeah, uh, Dennis mentioned about the, the kindness of the neighbours up there there does seem to be a great sense of community up at Pinehall 
It is. It's unbelievable. I, I have a very, very good sense of community. Definitely, definitely. As everybody looks out for everybody up there, um, for sure. I definitely a great sense of community in the day. You mentioned uh, moving, uh, obviously, down here to Lisnera. Obviously, with the decision to go to a bigger premises, I suppose that was reflecting the fact that you're getting busier in your business. Can you talk to me about, I suppose, how that has expanded over the years? Uh, look, yeah. I suppose it's, it has expanded just through through hard work and, 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 and keeping at it as, as best you can and doing as good a job you can. And as I say, you know, as we got busier in the mountaintop, we needed more space and another unit came up available and we took it in another unit and it ended up I had three units but they weren't can enter length and you were running between the three of them lovely in the summer time when the weather was good but in the winter time when it was teaming the rain going between three three garages you were you were getting very wet and then the opportunity came up for this premises here and I look it was a massive decision a massive investment but I went ahead with it and then I told Dennis was moving and he said he would move with me and he was kind of struggling a wee bit for space as well and um, so we took both up the decision I was when Dennis said he would move along with me so did the fact Dennis that you were moving uh, together at the one time make that decision a wee bit easier oh did I it was a hard thing to uh, it was like Les said the guts are supposed to buy uh, down listening and, and, and fair play to him he's turned which was not a derelict building but it was it was brave and run down looking into a hub um, and like the place down down listening has changed over the last three years and I'd say there's 80 to 100 cars sitting in the yard and there's a buzz again about the place. But to leave the mountaintop was hard. Now, we haven't left totally, as we'll chat about later on, but what we're doing up there. But like, and I can't say enough about George and Gavin, Ricky and Betty. They're all so good. Um, and it's nice to still have the, the ties there. Um, and it wasn't, the, the move down here was really far space. But like, where else in... Never mind, Letterkenny, Donegal or Ireland, can you go to? And there was a bakery there, there's a printing company, there's garages there, lawnmowers, there's a, and there's a George even said, there's a car. if you can't get the car going, we'll get you a horse and get John McDade to put shoes on it for you. Do you know, so it was a great feeling. Um, uh, like times I was going into Montana's there around the front, Tyling and Louise, and uh, there might be 40 to 50 people in for lunch. And Louise would be throwing toast and burgers and everything out. And it was great now, all the boys from Pat to Baker. And there's still a great community sense up there. There's a new generation of people, maybe. There's different businesses. It's evolved. You know, you've, um, and, and, that's, and every good business does evolve. And um, George has kept that community spirit and evolved with times as well. And uh, it's still a, a great hub, so it is. Um, but the decision to move down here was purely for space and to support Les. Um, and say we haven't given up the unit the mountaintop is still used for another project um, but uh, it took guts with Les done to buy down here because three or four years ago like you, people are still who's in business still remember 2008 to 2010 it was very hard to to get everything over the line and that, that fear is always the back of your head that if those times come back again if things dry up um, car sales go down if car sales go down the repairs of them go down there's less cars in the road but but as Les says, hard work and determination. Um, and Les is always in good form. I get crap at the odd times. Customers would know, but sure, that's just me. And I, I can change even. I can get a touch one day there, but I don't Dennis, I know you're both big believers in the apprenticeship system. And I suppose, has that changed much over the years? Or are the key components and key pillars still the same as when you were starting out? Well, as I said earlier, when I was 14, I walked around Letterkenny and couldn't get an apprenticeship. And that's no fault to the garages. That was just 
the way it was. Um, I, when I opened my doors, I said to myself, within six months, I'll, have, I'll take somebody on. Was that based on your own experience? It was, I. Because the, the, the apprenticeships is the future of people. You know, and not everybody's cut out for school. Like, uh, everybody uh, finds their feet. And if it takes, like, uh, avid apprenticeships, avid apprentice on since we started. Um, and the first apprentice, Michael, uh, he's from Chrysler. Michael's still here. Michael's here 20 years this August with us. Um, he was only in four or five months after me. started in February 01. And uh, Michael has went from being an apprentice to teaching apprentices. Do you know So, no, it's very important. It's very, very important because, especially with the, the evolution of electric cars and hybrids, um, the, the, within 10 years, every car park you see is going to change. If you look at car parks now, there may be one or two hybrid or electric vehicles. But that's that's going to change. Um, although we don't see cars for a couple of years because under warranty, but again, that's it's going to change. How difficult uh, is it going to be for the likes of yourself, Dennis, to sort of keep abreast of the big changes that are coming and uh, and the car makeup? Well, uh, every, uh, again, it's a bit like saying to George Bowl, "How are you going to evolve there?" You just do. It's down to wanting to do it. You know, you, you can lie down and say, oh, it's a, uh, I can't do this anymore. Or you can you can uh, upskill. And that's what people have to do. You have to upskill. Um, it's a bit like if if you went to McGee's chemist 30 years ago with a, a, a digital camera, they don't know how to work it. Now they do. So everybody upskills. And even with Les there, with uh, crash repairs, I'm sure you see a massive difference on panels. Um, your water-based paint's all changed. The paint technology changed over the last 10, 15 years. So, but you you surround yourself with good people, and uh, Les and I are both blessed with great employees and wives, um, and uh, it just makes it easier. Uh, if you work with people who want to learn and want to evolve with change, it'll work. Yeah, Leslie, if uh, if you could make one change, maybe to the apprentice system now, what would it be? Um, I suppose. Well, and the. Uh, panel beating then there was kind of two different systems there, there was the Irish system uh, and then there was the a UK system in Northern Ireland done through Derry Tech the Irish system I suppose is a, is a very good system but the apprentice can be away for maybe 20 weeks at a time you know he can be away for 10 weeks in one and he could be away for 20 weeks in another phase I suppose it's a long time away to have to do without a man whereas the Northern Ireland system they're away one day every week which you know, kind of would probably suit suit me a little bit better than being away for ten full weeks at a time, you know. But apart from that, the, the both systems are very good and they work they work very well and they get taught very well. They get taught all the latest technology in it. So I suppose when you were asking Dennis the question earlier about how does he manage with new cars coming in and electric cars, like if you don't have the apprentice learning the technology, uh, to you you can't move with the times, you know. Have there been many changes in technology you know, over the last while in, in your sector? Uh, not massive changes. Uh, look, you know, I suppose older cars years ago, a lot of parts were all welded on cars, were newer, newer cars, they're all bolted on with nuts and bolts, like wings and front panels and all that stuff on older cars. As the older generation, mechanics and panel readers know, there was, everything was welded together, whereas now it's bolted, it's made it easier. I suppose the biggest change is past maybe 15 years is uh, we all changed to water-based paint. It's better for the, for the environment. Uh, and with all these new... Uh, 
mica colors and three stage colors and stuff like that you need the technology to be able to do the job you know and then of course like years ago you could have sprayed a car and an ordinary shader out in the street but out in the street nearly but with this new water based paint you have to have an oven to dry the paint and to bake the lacquer and stuff so as that's probably one of the biggest changes uh, and then we're licensed which is a big change this past 15 years we're council licensed you know uh, and we're, we're scrutinised that our licence is renewed every three years uh, and we have to or all our waste is scrutinised we have to pay you know for our waste thinners and our waste products we have to end, we have to have an end of life search for them which people wouldn't realise you know um, so apart from that that's kind of the biggest changes, I would think. Dennis, yourself and Leslie are both involved in the Garage Project, which was set up initially by Pro Social and is now being uh, carried on by Donegal Youth Service. Can you talk to me a wee bit about that and the fact that it's located up in your current holding up on Mountaintop as well? Uh, that's what I was saying. We, we've kept a hold on the mountaintop, and this is where it's for. Um, the unit's perfect for it. It's a nice size. It's two lifts in it. Um, and the Garage Project is for um, people who are at school or have left school um, they're usually under 18 um, and they're just uh, academically they're not where society wants them to be or where they want to be or whatever way it is but they just have more interest in manual uh, work so they come for X amount of hours and do a programme with us usually over six weeks um, we ran the project this is going to we're starting now again um, early in February and this is going to the third. We've done a pilot s- series, and then we've done a, a full year. Now, it was a bit interrupted there with the pandemic, but we kind of worked around. We, ju- we, ha- we, just, we went with the same um, guidelines as the schools. Um, but it's hands-on. It's not, it's not like school. Like, uh, we're quite... We give them a wee bit of a talking to at the beginning. Sorry, that sounds very... <laughs> I don't mean a talking to Kieran. I mean, we, we give them a talk at the beginning. We explain to them, this is not school. Like, school, you kind of have to go there. And, like, uh, it's, it's more of a work environment for them to see what it's going to be like. Um, no, it's not like them programs we take teenagers into jail and show them that kind of... It's not that that rash. But, uh, and it's worked very well. Like, we had um, um, Michael Harrison, the extra pros up with us, and, and Judge Paul Kelly. Like they were big advocates for it, and um, it worked. It works really well. And the young people are great. Again, it's it's putting into it's building the future for us because when Les and I sitting in a nursing home <laughs> chatting about the olden days, these are the young people who's going to be running the place. They're the ones who are going to pay for their taxes and run the country. You know, they're the ones that everybody's going to have to go and get their car fixed or the builder or the plumber. So you have to invest in the future because without it, Les and I would never get on where we got to. Um, and um, I say school is not for everybody. Les and I were no great shakes at school. Well, I speak for myself, but we were away for 14 or 15 years, and that's not the way forward now. But neither I feel as every single person getting 600 points away forward. Um, you need panel beaters, you need mechanics, you need carpenters. Has that message been lost at the minute, Dennis, or are people actually realising that what you're saying is actually very relevant and very true in the current day? Well, Kieran, during the lockdown, um, Les and I still came to work, and the reason we came was because we were doing uh, frontline workers' cars, um, and we were co- it was quite, quite surreal that March 20, wasn't it? The first, the major, the seven-week lockdown. And I was from up the road from Dunfanny every morning. There was, there was a checkpoint, Elstron. And you got to know the different guards were on. And you got to know the same vans and that. And it was the plumber. 
um, there wasn't too many fancy uh, um, job goers going to work that day. They were all they were off uh, during the pandemic. So it just shows you who what's keeping the country running. Like the the the, the shop assistants, they were going to work, and a lot of the jobs that people. It doesn't take the 600 points to get, but yet they were still the ones who were out when the country was shut down to try and keep the whole thing running. Um, so, uh, as we'd say to the, the young people on the Gary's Project, the, 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 those jobs are so essential. Um, and I, I know me not, like, a, we're not chatting in a big-headed way here. We're, we're chatting about just the way it was. So, the young people, they need that kind of... They, they need society accept that they're not going to get massive points and they're going to work hard and they do work hard and they're great young people uh, so that's kind of the garage project let's just carry on uh, in relation on the garage theme how important are programs like the garage project and how important is it to get uh, teenage boys and teenage girls into a mindset where they can learn and understand and appreciate that the workings of cars and the importance of road safety it's very important, Kieran, and I say this was a kind of pilot scheme that, that was started, as Dennis said, a couple of years ago. I suppose it's the first of its kind in the country. Um, I suppose for many, as a young lad or young lass that, that, that has an interest in cars, to actually get the chance to change oil or to change brakes or to, 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 to service an engine, you know, um, under our guidance, like it's very hard for them to get that to get that chance at a young age and as Dennis said you know maybe some of the the students that will be coming in you know they might have maybe kind of lost a wee bit of interest in school and they're unsure what what direction they're taking in life and some of them might be better hands-on than 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 more so at, at, at the bookwork so I suppose it gives them an opportunity to to get a hands-on feel for it to see if it's something maybe they would they would have an interest in because for a long time there I suppose after 2008, 2009, the crash, like there, there wasn't a wild, massive amount of apprenticeships taking taking place. So there wasn't, and then there was a lot of younger ones that were into construction or into plumbers, carpenters. They hadn't got the work here. Maybe not more so much the mechanics or the panel beaters. And they all went away. They went to Australia. They went to Canada. Places like that. Like, and a big number of them won't come back. So. You'll find that if there is an apprentice brought forward in the very near future, there's going to be a very big shortage of tradesmen. And all the trades, plumbing, carpenters, you know, electricians, mechanics and stuff, there's going to be a shortage going forward because there wasn't enough people trained up six, eight, ten years ago. Um, you know, when, when guys like ourselves or maybe guys a wee bit older than us decide to retire, you need the younger generation coming forward to take up uh, take up after us, you know. So I suppose from that point of view, the Garage Project is very, very, very important. Uh, and I think that's why it got so much attention. You know, it was even on RT News. Eileen Magner, remember, was up at the time about it because it was, it caught the imagination of a lot of people, thought it was a, it was a great pilot scheme. Dennis also mentioned uh, the, the pandemic. Um, how did you uh, deal with the pandemic and your business, and what sort of a, an effect did it have on your operation? Uh, look, uh, the, the pandemic, I suppose, from a point of view of running a business, it's, it was hard uh, from a point of view, you know, keeping, like we have, as Dennis said, we have very, very good staff, and we wouldn't be here today. We have a lot of long term staff, that's what this is a long time. Like, and we, we owe everything that we have achieved today to our staff you know because we can't do it all alone um, and from a point of view in the pandemic like at the very early stages we 
closed for the for six or seven weeks that time in March 2000 but we were just doing any kind of essential work that needed to be done um, that was grand for them a few weeks and there were no phones ringing peace and quiet it was a wee break so it was and weather was good everything was fine but then moving forward from that then for the past 18 months or so after that it was hard running a business from watching your staff and watching customers coming in and stuff like that and then the parts were getting to be a problem you had brexit stuck in the middle of it then you know um so between the two it was just it was hard running the business i'll be glad when things do get back to a bit of normality yeah uh, how has, has the brexit situation settled a bit for you now it has yeah it has but oh it was a disaster in the beginning and there we'll take a break Business Matters in association with Letterkenny IT's Faculty of Business. Applications are now open for the highly regarded Masters in Leadership and Innovation in the Public Sector. Also a Masters in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection in Financial Services. And a Certificate in Online Dispute Management. Visit lyit.ie for more information. You're welcome back. Before the break... Leslie O'Donnell talked about the challenges the early days of Brexit posed. Most panels for cars, like people think, you know, when they come with a crash car, if it needs a wing or a headlight, that I have it in the shelf on there. Like, that's not the way it is. We're working with all different makes and models of cars compared to a main dealer garage that's only working at one specific car. Like, we have to order them, and there's no, there was, there used to be a certain amount of panels and headlights and bumpers were kept in Dublin for, for a main dealer, should it be a Toyota, should it be a Kia, whatever, but they're nearly all coming from the UK now. Like, the, you know, there's central hubs in the UK, and normally you would have parts within one or two days days whereas now it can be one or two weeks it has settled a bit and got better but then with this northern ireland protocol and that's still up in the air at the minute you know what was the you know because any of the parts that were coming from the uk were mostly coming in through northern ireland to to get to yourselves or are coming in by dublin so at at the beginning was a disaster but it has settled a bit yeah Dennis, I see you nodding in agreement with Leslie. Well, Ireland's an island, so we don't manufacture. Now, there is, there is certain parts of cars manufacturing that are can in Gidor. Um, Donegal Preston's a massive Preston's a massive Land Rover supplier um, and Jaguar parts, but it is, it's hard to get stuff. And uh, JC, you were hearing the boats weren't going and the, the no workers and there was COVID. And then the Suez Canal, I think that was used one a couple of times there. Was, I was waiting apart for a, I forget who it was. Oh, I won't say who it was, but uh, it was stuck in the Suez Canal. I t- go on ahead, tell no, us. No, I will not. But, um, but all the, all the garages in Nerecani have changed um, and all work so well together. You know, the, 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 there's a good community spirit, isn't there, Les? Oh, right. You know, yeah. should it be from uh, Drum Keen out to wherever? You know, every, every, and everyone has tried to work together. And, and I do believe that all carriages work to aim to help the customer. I know sometimes it probably doesn't seem like to the customer, but that, that's the aim. And without good staff and excellent customers, like we've had people coming for years now, and it's... And, and we owe a lot to the customers. Without them, there'd be no need to be here. Um, and uh, as I say, Les is always cheery. I'm but crab of God, David. Sure, people get used to it now. And uh, uh, Les was saying there, but if he retires, well, I wouldn't let anybody wait in Les's job. And it'll be a long time before he retires. What do you think, Kieran? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis, I know when you're not maybe leaning into an engine and uh, repairing it, and and Leslie isn't uh, fixing a car panel. You both enjoy taking on quite unique driving challenges and you've become famously known as Donegal's 
Ice Road Trekkers. Can you talk to me about how all that came about? It was, um, what year was that? Uh, it was it was well, it, 2012. It was 2012. It was, um, I'd said to Les a couple months before Christmas, the Ice Road Truckers program was on whatever channel it's on, and the drive up through Alaska. And uh, Les, I've been different places yeah. before. 13, was it? And uh, we'd been uh, went four or five days together away different places. So I come up with this thinking it would be great to do this. And then it kind of snowballed very quick in this that we'll do it for charity. And I remember phoning Paul Doherty from Kelly McCrennan and it was, it was New Year's Eve. Um, and we thought we better take a photographer to prove to people that we're going. And uh, so I phoned Paul New Year's Eve and um, he phoned me back. And it's geez, I'd love to go with you. So we made the plans then for March, and we headed away, and we we done the show up through Alaska, and we gathered money. People were very generous. Again, another side of the motor trade, like the amount of sponsorship off other garages was amazing. Um, and Hegarty's Andrew Hegarty up there supplied the jeep for us, and we headed to Alaska, and we done it. And I think it was about thirty thousand raised for three charities locally, and all the money went direct to buying stuff. Should have been chairs or units or, or sorry, um, uh, equipment. It was all bought for um, for local stuff. Um, and then 14, we went to South America, to Bolivia. And there's a road called the Death Road. So we thought, we'll try and conquer it. And uh, Kelly showed it and supplied a Jeep for it. And uh, we got it. And then we built an amphibious Land Rover in 15. And um, we crossed Irish Sea in it from Scotland to Ireland. Um, so we drove to Scotland and then floated, well, f- sailed back, if you like. And that took a great team of people. Like there was, We had to have a, a boat with us, a safety boat. And there was four or five people on the safety boat. Um, Richard Key owns Key's Hotel. He put up his boat and he, he steamed from Rathmullen all the way to Scotland. And he took um, Derek Flanagan from the Coast Guard with him, uh, Sean Patton, a friend of ours, and Don Connolly. And... Uh, um, Noel Brennan then from Chrysler and Noel took his diving gear and the reason for that was in case we broke down he's very mechanically minded and he would have helped us under the water luckily he didn't have to put on the suit now um, but uh, that was a good that was a very good trip and it was a, it was a, a massive team behind it you know, it wasn't just the three Paul Les and I it was, it was, a, it was a massive team um, and we, I remember we drove onto Port Patrick in Scotland and the five or six boys were sitting outside a pub, remember? The crack was good now. Um, so, trapped like that. And um, we had a big one planned now for just before COVID. And, um, well, it fell by the wayside because of COVID. But now we'll, we'll conquer it yet now. And don't even ask for it, SQ. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, uh, have you had any high points or have you won high point from your escapades on the road? Oh, gee, because they've all been great. Uh, they've all been great. I would say probably... Uh, Alaska would have been that was the first one and it would have been um, probably the the highest point ah yeah and seeing the northern lights we've seen northern lights like probably and we were very very lucky just we happened to be up in Prudhoe Bay up at the Arctic Ocean um, it was Easter Sunday am, am I right Dennis it was Easter Sunday and Paul came into the room uh, we're standing where, where the where the uh, oil rig workers stayed like they're like 
it's not a hotel or a motel it's accommodation for them and we were lucky enough to get to get a room Paul come and says we have to go we have to go and I says right this is about 11 or half 11 night he says northern lights are strong after looking he says we need to go but we need to go back down the road about 20 miles to get away from all the lights of the, from the oil rig you know it's like a wee city up there nearly um, and seeing the the Northern Lights like was spectacular, and, and Alaska I would say was probably the high point. We done Bolivia the next year. Bolivia was at high altitude, um, so and then it was uh, we couldn't speak Spanish, I suppose, and you know it was a language all Spanish. It was a bit hard. <laughs> Paul said he had learned Spanish, but anyway, <laughs> he didn't make a great job of learning. But um, Bolivia was very good, but it was hard with altitude. You know, um, it definitely, definitely was hard. And they've all been great trips, you know. Um, we took Nicky Bradley to Iceland to claim a, a glacier, and as I say, we've done. We've been involved in then the the bed push only very recently, like which was turned out to be a massive, massive thing. Can you talk to me a bit more about that experience? Uh the bed push. Uh, well, that came round by. Uh, obviously, we know had got sick, and we know Lee, and we done we done we claimed mine the two mountains years ago with Lee and Sean for a colleague of theirs in Highland Radio. That uh, we done a wee charity thing, and then Noah got sick, and Dennis, you were actually at school with Lee. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, uh, yeah. And I had known Lee uh, like from years ago. We actually worked together for a very short space of time. But uh, Dennis said we we need to do something for Noah and Lee, uh, and I says, well, I no problem. Sure, if we can think of something, I says we'll do it. With think of something driving so we had contacted Sean Doherty was not right you contacted Sean and Sean says look there's something happening leave it with me he says there is something being done you might get involved in it so we were asked to come on board then uh, Brian, Brian McCracken in the shopping centre had already arranged this bed push so we were asked to come on board and, and help with that so myself and Dennis made the bed here and we got in vehicles organised and bits and pieces and as I say we, we left here Jeez, it was it was Thursday morning it was the start and I mind I was still working here Wednesday night at ten past ten Dennis come and collected me <laughs> went up the road to Dublin um, we got there at half one in the morning isn't that right? Well, uh, uh, yeah, yeah and we go, we're up then at half six to get organised for the bed push and a great four day and we never ever imagined that it would gather as much money or more so gather as much momentum like it just snowballed it went crazy like you know we had people stopping us we were pushing the bed maybe between RD and Carrick Macross lorry men on the opposite side of the road stopping crossing the road and putting 50 euros into, into the, the cup like it was just unbelievable the generosity of people that's right uh, yeah yeah. Sunday morning I, there was a lady and I never got her first name I think was Sarah I never got her second name like uh, she stopped uh, on the Sunday morning um, Dennis you were pushing the bed I think no sorry you were driving the jeep and Sean Doherty was pushing the bed and a w- woman stopped across the road uh, between Cyan Mills and Newton Stewart and like that was a fast stretch of road if anybody stopped on the far side of the road we would normally run across to them if they wanted to give a donation instead of them crossing the road the last thing you wanted was somebody getting knocked down so we would always tell them stay on the far side of the road we'll come over so this lady was going back to she lived in New York and her husband was in the car she handed me two bundles of money she says that's from my mother and father and she says that's from me and my husband we're heading back we've been back home on holidays we're back to New York she says I can't believe what you're doing and she started to cry she, was, she says we've been following you the past four days we can't believe what you're doing uh, and I saw look you know we're doing our best blah 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 but she had me in tears then so she had uh, but just 
the generosity of people and then when we came we got as far as Lifford Bridge then we were overwhelmed by the crowds that was there because I said to Dennis if we had had the Sam Maguire Cup which I don't think we would have got a better reception like it was just it was phenomenal for some a simple idea the way it took off you know uh, it was just so was that the most re- rewarding project you've been involved in? Oh, without a doubt, definitely. I uh, definitely to see to see the and another thing. Going back the road is you would have seen families waiting on you coming along. You know, maybe with their wee child with them that, that may have had a disability or may not have had a disability, and they had wee posters done. You know, go team Noah, like and giving us the posters and stopping for a photograph. Like the sense of achievement of that was just it was unbelievable. It was very very good. Now, for, as I say, for for a kind of very simple idea, the way it just took off it was great Dennis a big high point for yourself as well oh I'd say definitely that like that was a bed was made in the workshop there with the welder in a couple of evenings and then all of was drove to Dublin and pushed her back again like it's, it's brave and simple um, but Brian McCracken came up with the idea um, and asked us to make the bed and go with them but the, the team that was there made off Finn Pius and, and Brian and Robert and Lee and Sean um uh, they're so humble like and it didn't, every single penny that was handed in to buckets or donations was put into the charities and this wasn't for Noah you know this this was for the the, the service at yeah. Noah that that anybody in this room or anybody listening to this might use someday it wasn't a case of this was a gallon of money for Noah and, and the Gooch family it wasn't they get nothing out of it they, they gave up all their time in organising going through a very stressful time um, but when we got to uh, was Dundalk we still in Les and uh, uh, yeah, me and and uh, geez me and Les I think well, at least they'll do is probably make a fancy hotel for us we got to Dundalk and Sean Dory organised with the, the the priest and we stayed I don't know what kind of room it was but it was well down in the dungeons and um, and a, a monastery and a parochial house so that's the kind of and, and it was no way fancy but it was lovely it was uh, I would say the most when we got to the hospital and um, Daniel Magella was pushing the bed in with us and Daniel started to sing <clears throat> and he turned around to the the hospital and the whole crowd was facing looking up the windows and all the people that were in the wards were looking down you. I thought that was a lovely moment. Uh, you could hear a pin drop. So you could, uh, and it uh, just kind of, it united everybody. And I think it was the, the timing, and the timing wasn't picked for a certain time. It was just, look, we'll have this ready in a couple of weeks and we'll go. And um, here and then we're doing the media stuff. And, and it just kind of, the, the date was picked through no, I'm sure it was just picked because it suited. But um, lo- people were just starting about the, the restrictions were getting lifted. And, but it wasn't lifted at the point where people were running holiday, so everybody was out. And it brought communities together. Like, I remember coming down through Pluck there where Gary Neely was standing. And it was just, uh, it was, it was, it was lovely. And this wasn't about us or the bed. It was just the people come out to kind of celebrate and give. And the nine or ten charities got all the money. And I think for, for Lee and Claire to be involved in such a thing, going through that time, we can't imagine what they're going through. And, um, and they're so strong. But they're done it completely selfless. It wasn't for themselves. Um, so uh, they, they deserve a massive uh, round of applause for that. But Sean and Mary and Pius and Robert and, I say, Brian, the crack was good now. Um, for, for, for people like yourself and Leslie uh, being self-employed, how important is that for maybe being a de-stressor and sort of switching off from what you're used to day, day in, day out? 
And geez, you've seen Les Knup, Glen, or not Glen Sheen, what do you call it? Balagali. Uh, <laughs> it, wasn't too, it wasn't too unstressful. No, it was great. It was a great... Uh, when you go and do stuff like that, but it's not about what you're doing, it's who you're doing it with. Do you know, if you were pushing a bed from Dublin and, and you had six other people in the team and it wasn't going great, it didn't matter how much you were raising, it would still be torture. So it was, it was good. And it's good to give back your time. Um, and and the, 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 as I say, the, the team that Leeds kind of gathered, because Brian and, and Sean and Mary were all out in Africa together. Yeah, and Robert. And, Robert. Yeah. and then... Pius was brought on, I think, to drive the camper, but geez, at one stage, Pius was running through RD, you think it was the Olympics he was on running with the, the bed. So everybody got involved, and then, as you said, it was for uh, myself, you, Lee, Mary, and Sean done the, the, the two mountains one morning. Um, but geez, Sean's in great shape now compared to who was in the mountains, I know. He wore Father Neil's runners. Father Neil passed away a few weeks, a, a good friend of Sean's died a, f- a few weeks before it. And Sean done the whole run and has runners. Now you get a bit of slide and you don't even buy a pair of runners for the walk. But Just moving back to, to, to business a wee second, lads. Um, Dennis, is there a person uh, or are there people in business that you admire most? Um, there is. There's, there's a lot of people. I don't want to name one person, but there's a lot of elderly men um, that... Um, are probably beyond retirement age and are still working on it and still as passionate in the motor trade um, and if you ask them uh, the price of something they'll tell you what it is today and if you ask them what it was 15 years ago or 20 years ago they would tell you and the amount of employment they've created and the amount of skilled people they've created Do you know without people putting themselves forward um, and look some of these things go wrong but you need to pick yourself up again and keep going. So there's an awful lot of, like, one man, and, and he's not in the motor trade anymore, and I always thought he had a great way with him, was Huey Tenney. Uh, Huey used to the Mazda garage. Barry, son works there in colonies now as a parts man. Um, and you've, you, you've, you've all the, there's a kind of second generation taking over the garages, but the, the, all the second generations took over the garages have made them such a success. It's, it's not a, they've always something to hand it to and the guys carries on um, the, there's a, another Crystal man there Noel McGinley and uh, he's built uh, he, four dealerships in the one town is, is, is a massive and that man's still going at half five in the morning I wouldn't want to before him anyway he's out the road before me in the morning anyway so he is Leslie is there a person that you look up the most uh, I suppose something similar to Dennis no one specific person but I, um, I would look up to anybody that, that, that takes the jump to, to go out and, and to work for themselves I suppose and give it a good uh, give, give it a good rattle like not I suppose not everything will succeed in life but you know if you haven't tried you haven't lived as the saying goes so as, and as, as Dennis said I suppose a lot of that older generation that that's in the motor trade because that's kind of all we ever done all our lives uh, was was work with cars in the motor trade and like we've got we've, as Dennis said we've got a, we get a good reception no matter what garage we go to in Letterkenny should we need help to get on computers for diagnostics or stuff like that um, so I suppose all that older generation. Uh, uh, Motor men would be would be probably yeah you would look up to them. Tell me, Leslie, what is the best lesson that you've learned in business? Oh, jeez, 
Um, look, do your best and and keep the head down and keep at it. Just and 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 and, and do your best and keep it your best foot forward and try and keep ninety nine point nine percent of the, your customers happy as best you can. Dennis, same question to yourself. That is much the same as last is there. It's just keep at it. Tomorrow's a new day and. <laughs> Um, just do your best and like, as less as sometimes it doesn't work out but if you do your best that's all you can do and um, surround yourself with good people and uh, the, the people make it happen if you weren't in charge of your own garage here now Dennis what else would you be doing or what would you like to have done um, I suppose everybody's got a kind of a hypothetical one you'd say, like probably doing Monte Carlo Rally uh, and uh, the the new Ford Puma would be nice as a professional driver. That'll never happen. So uh, no, I, I, I don't know. Like uh, I would, we probably don't know much more than cars. So it's very hard to say. Like, if you've worked in the one job for over thirty years, it's very hard to say what you would like to do. There's, like with other interests, traveling's great. I love traveling. I wouldn't mind trying to fly and stuff. But uh, but if you take. Uh, it'd probably evolve around cars so it would in some way mm-hmm. uh, if you take like so Roger McMahon who used to own the garage or Derek sorry Roger's father and Arthur's father he ran a Formula 1 team and him based in Nevergeny do you know what anyway, so stuff like that but it'd probably do with cars um, I would say that the modelling career wouldn't go great <laughs> Leslie <laughs> what thoughts did you Leslie when you were head- heading up the back road to school there oh cheers <laughs> <laughs> that's not the area yesterday hey Heading up the back road. Um, thoughts for look. I would say similar to Dennis. Travel. Um, I like to. I like to travel. So I suppose if if I hadn't I took up doing the body work a long, long time ago, what would I expired? Maybe I suppose everybody has a dream to have something to do. With maybe aviation or something like that. But um, but I say I do like travel. I yeah. Okay. And finally, Leslie, what does the future hold for yourself and your business? Oh, jeekers, we'll, we'll, we'll just keep plugging on as best we can here. Um, so we will, like, as long as there's cars on the road, there's going to be, uh, there's going to be accidents. So there is, you know, like 99% of what we do, our accidents happens in car parks and stuff like that. You know, it's all smaller stuff. Okay, when you get the bad weather, then you get the bigger accidents. If these autonomous cars comes out, uh, did I say that right, Dennis? Autonomous cars, the self-driving cars. Now, they might cut down in our work a wee bit, but there, mightn't be, there could be far more accidents, or there mightn't be as many accidents. But um, look for the foreseeable future. Um, from the electric car point of view, it won't change massively for us, more so than Dennis, because they'll still get a dinge in a wing or break a headlight or crack a bumper so you know the, the, the changes mightn't be just as massive massively for us in the bodywork end as they will be for Dennis from the mechanical end and the service and of them so we'll just keep the head down and keep at it that's all we can do and Dennis finally what does the future hold for yourself and your business well let's see we'll just keep plugging away at it um, if they keep breaking we'll keep fixing them um, we, we have a change coming now with electric and hybrid um, but we're open to change and um, uh, we'll educate ourselves on it and um, again, 20 years ago, people had moved from non-turbo, or 30 years ago, from non-turbo cars to turbo cars that, that, that had went um, power steering, electric one, this timing belt. So things have evolved, and they're constantly evolving. If you take a car that's 100 years old, it's nothing like a car you'd buy in the showroom today. So Sure, in 2008, everybody's told diesel is the best stuff ever, and now, lo and behold, diesel's no good. Um, 
Like we were told in 2017, was it? By Brendan, we took the Prius. Oh, yes. To Paris. Bren was on this great priest and she's wild easy run, so we'll soon see how easy run she is. I said, we'll fill her at the mountain top and we'll keep going, see where she stops. And she ended up in Paris at the Eiffel Tower. So, but he was saying that they, and by 2018 they won't be selling diesel cars. And a lot of the manufacturers are going that way. Uh, rightly or wrongly, we've no control over it. Um, like, Ireland's a very small um, market for the worldwide car sales. So, I say, we'll just keep plugging away. Dennis Ferry of Ferry's Garage and Leslie Donald of O'Donnell Crash Repairs, thanks very much for joining us today on Business Matters. Thanks, Kieran. Well, that's our lot for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guests, Leslie O'Donnell and Dennis Ferry. Thanks to Kenneth Wilson on sound. And thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at titleradio.com. Business Matters in association with Letterkenny IT's Faculty of Business. Applications are now open for the highly regarded Masters in Leadership and Innovation in the Public Sector. Also a Masters in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection in Financial Services. And a Certificate in Online Dispute Management. Visit lyit.ie for more information.